Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the DeepHell.com podcast. As always, I am your host, the DeepHell.com podcast host. I figured I'd start this season out with a couple of short interviews with people whose work I admired, starting with Tactical Girlfriend a few months ago, and this week I have Andrew at Pizza Pranks on Twitter, who runs Indiepocalypse. Now, I'll front in this by saying I didn't do a very good introduction to this episode when we were actually interviewing each other, so I'd like to save a little face right now. Indiepocalypse is a digital zine about independent video games. Every month, it curates a selection of video games, both new and old, and gives them straight to your eyeballs, hot and dripping with energy. Indiepocalypse also contains bonus role-playing supplements, small comics, and other sorts of goodies and giddies that you can only get by putting down the cold hard cash and buying a copy of it. You can find a link to where to buy Indiepocalypse in the description, as well as anything else mentioned here in the episode. I'll try to keep this brief. Let's go ahead and get on with the episode. Pizza pranks of Indie Oh, yeah, you can just call me Andrew now. also. Oh, perfect. That's, Andrew. That's my that name. <laughs> Pizza Pranks is my brand. <laughs> Pizza Pranks is your brand. Andrew's your name. Good. Uh, I don't I don't separate the two anymore. I just have Yeah, I am surprised I was able to get indiepocalypse.com just straight regular like $15 domain cost or whatever. Is our 20 of Darksiders 2 any different than our 1 of Darksiders 2? For some reason I had the clever I never had any chord problems. And I'm like, oh, I'll plug my microphone into the back of my computer. So I, and just like plug, you know, unplug the microphone itself. But like the micro USB part of the micro cord. Now it just like gets a little feisty if I get a little feisty. Oh no. Disconnects. So I I lost like 10 seconds, but I just started re recording. So no, it's totally fine. Um, um, How in the apocalypse, it's like a, it's like a zine. (laughs) It's like a, it's like a zine or an anthology, but with video games. But also, there's also a zine inside of it, so it's confusing when I call it a zine that has yeah, a zine. You've got comics in there. You've got, I think, in what number ten, you have your little tabletop comeback from San Francisco pitch in there, which I thought was really neat. Yeah, yeah, I've started adapting. Some one of my projects that I want to do for a while is adapting sixty-nine love songs into sixty-nine one shots. Oh, that's really cool. Three, I'm just doing three per session or per issue. I mean, as a zine too, you know, like it's a digital zine. Those are very, fairly popular now, especially yeah. I've seen more and more of them crop up on itch.io. People have done mech zines and sort of things like that. What made you want to do Indiepocalypse this way, as opposed to just like straight up a website or podcast coverage or anything like that? Well, I wanted to, well, part of it came up when I was making, so I was making games and I didn't. I didn't want to make spend like three years making a game. Like I, I always ran up to a wall where it's like, I have to make this longer if I want to make money off of this. So I don't want to make yeah, it longer. Though. Especially like I've dabbled in game development. I've never finished anything. I've run up to similar walls myself where it's like, yeah. why am I going to work four years on this thing that 
Yeah, I'm like, we'll have to scope it out to make it a sellable video. So I was like, you know, if the market doesn't exist for the games I want to make, I will create the market. Or it, it exists in very small scale for people who have spent a lot of time to get a small Carving brand out going. their own little niche there, they, yeah. Yeah, and even they don't get that much return. It's I saw, I forget where, it was a, a forum post by somebody talking about Everyone's just trading the same bits of dollar back and forth. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I've, I think it's like a Twitter post because I I do recall seeing like a very similar Twitter post. Yeah, it's like a screen cap of a, a screen cap of a forum post somewhere of someone yelling about how indie sales are broke. So anyway, I was like, well, I'll make the market because it's so. I mean, the main inspiration from this is just like comics anthologies, which are like everywhere. I was going to say that's what kind of attracted me to learning more about Indiepocalypse when I first started getting the emails after I'd signed up. I come from a background where I've worked with a lot of artists in the past, so I'm very familiar with comics anthologies. I thought it was a really neat thing to bring to video games. Yeah, that was my main inspiration was that. Add that fact that I go mm -hmm. to like indie comic shows sometimes, and people will be like, oh, here's a 15-page comic. I'll pay $20 for that. Yeah, and it's like... What is wrong with video game people? I definitely agree with that sentiment too. It, it does bring to mind like walking around many disparate trade floors of small comics expos and zine expos and things. And I myself have spent $25, $30. I have a comic on my shelf right now that an artist hand put together at FedEx, you know? Yeah, I uh, the last one I went to was like... I've got I'm like, I'll just grab a couple of things. I ended up like having a whole mm -hmm. huge bag full. Well, also now that everyone has square readers swipe now, I can just. It makes it kind of dangerously guilt free when you're buying things at a comic expo or a convention. Yeah. And also I have like a pro um, I'm because I'm like New England based. So there's mice here, which is like a okay. pretty good indie comic show. How long has that been going on for? I think that's like just had 10 years or this was going to be 10 years somewhere around there. would you ever think of doing like a print edition of indie apocalypse tied with like download codes for the game and taking it to a place like that funny you mentioned print editions because i <laughs> when um, a lot of the questions people ask me about indie apocalypse i tell you know this makes a lot more sense in the world that a, without mm -hmm. a pandemic and a global lockdown because i that's why the zine exists so i could have a print version so i could bring it to conventions and i'd be like I can't readily demo 90 games for you, but you can just flip through this magazine. And I especially see, you know, even in 10 and the older volumes, there's just this really nice quality to the advertisements people had made for their games. Oh, yes, yes. It is like sometimes like I, at this point, I think people are getting more interested in being in it because there's like, I would say like eight out of 10 people make their own covers. I have to make like two or three per issue at this point. And I'm not a graphic designer, but I'm getting better at it. Or at least like finding an idea and going, huh, and kind of like, I kind of can figure something out here that looks halfway decent. Sometimes it looks terrible. I mean, and I just know scrolling through 10, like the Broke Brody advertisement, is, that is oh my God, yes. fantastic. And building relationships to like, you're really, if you're the one doing these, you're really firing on all cylinders here. These are great. Those ones I'm not doing. I did... um I did the one, I forget the name. Oh, God, I forgot the name. Um, Stigmata. How did I forget? I, there's so many games in my head. I don't think it says it on there. It's the low-res hallway. I also like uh, Teeth Simulator has just a very unnerving poster. Yeah, there's like... 
so much good stuff. Like, and that's that's why I made this. There's so much good stuff people are making constantly. Whenever I see people writing about their anxieties about there being too many video games, I think it's it comes yeah. from an anxiety of not having enough time or not being able to focus enough on involving themselves in the things they want to see. Games, I think, also have a problem where I think it's it's going to happen eventually, where they're very monoculture. So when you're like, oh, I'm into games, I need to keep up on games, so that means I need to play every single game. Yeah. You know, because I'm, I'm a habitual about. game ender. I will, I have way too many times in my life bought a video game, played 20 hours about, of it, and wrote about it, and then just never thought about it ever again. I, last year, I think, or who knows, maybe early this year, I went through my Steam library that I've been accumulating for like... Oh, I don't even look at it. Long. It just gives me existential dread. I played like an hour, an hour of a game. If it was like, I got what I got out of this game for an hour, and I would just like hide it. Oh, I, I do the exact same things. That's like, really funny. I will play something for whatever I think shows me whatever the developers put in it, and then afterwards it's like, I need to never think about this game again. Yeah, do, like the, the important questions is like, is our twenty of Darksiders two any different than our one of Darksiders two? Like functionally, unless I'm very invested in the story, but I like video games. Video games are weird. Are weird. And the twentieth hour of Darksiders two is definitely not different from the first hour because I hate that I've played more than twenty hours of that game. Yeah. So yeah, like I know it's, I have like my Skinner box game every now and then where it's like, if I want to have a video or a podcast on the side and something I'm going to just casually play oh, yeah. without thinking about, I mean, it's usually uh, an MMO. Mine, it definitely waffles between the Witcher three and final fantasy 14. Yeah. Mine is currently final fantasy 14 because I, I will go off on a whole much. tangent. If we go off on final fantasy 14 right now. Um, so I, I pretty much just, Ooh, I, I just finished Shadowbringers. How- I'm on to, I'm on to the post. I only started content. just a little while ago. I've heard very, very good things about Shadowbringers. It's like decent. I remember. I think a friend said the best way is like it's it's a good for a Final Fantasy story. Before this, I played a lot of WoW. Like that was my like go to, because that was like my entry point to MMOs. And this is is a very different game, and in, in a way, I enjoy. It's well, about Skinnerbox games, and you know, the first hour of a game being different from the twentieth hour, or reverse that. One of the problems I have seen pitching indie games to people is people don't understand the idea that a lot of indie games are fairly small and you don't necessarily need to spend... A lot of them will shake out at like five, maybe ten hours for relatively large games, but they get turned off at just the sheer volume of things out there and just not having a concept of what it takes to actually play these. It seems kind of daunting when you're looking at like the itch.io new release page you have no idea how much you want to get involved in any of these indie apocalypse i think and also the black lives matter bundle really helped kind of bridge that gap to people who regularly just play triple a games yeah it helped them be like yeah because it got them like here's a a thousand games so you don't have to worry about buying any of them or even picking them they're already picked for you curation is definitely going to be a very important part of breaking the monoculture of video games and indie games as we go further and further yeah into, that, i know time yeah that's partially what i wanted to do is have to like 
I think, you know, blogs are all well and good and news sites, but like whether by design or just by culture, they're very, they're treated very like ephemerally, you know, a lot of things people are like, you know, especially like bigger news sites. It's like you posted about it and then it's totally gone. lost in the dredge of whatever is coming out. When I write about indie yeah. games, which I haven't really done in the last month or two, I'm kind of hyper-focused on a few right now that I'm trying to gather my thoughts on. It's tough to yeah. want to keep up in the news cycle and also curate and talk about these interesting little indie games you've found as a writer. Yeah, it's, it's I can't imagine it on the news. Like, from my angle, I never keep up on new anything, honestly. I don't really care about being part of a zeitgeist or being part of the conversation. So I'll just like, I just like old stuff because it doesn't become bad when it's like yeah. 10 years older. Uh, that's a very interesting perspective. Um, it reminds me a lot of some of the artists I've met who do still work in comics anthologies about, you know, there's no point in keeping up the conversation. As long as you're just making what you want to make, you'll find more things like that. Is that kind of how it's been for you working on indie apocalypse? Yeah, because like some some games I've been made like brand new for it. Some games are like, you know, new ish. Like, oh, here's my newest game I released. Some games are like mm -hmm. older than that. When I so I search out two games per issue, and a lot of times I'll find like games yeah. that are much older, like two or three years. And there, I think it was like Brooke, Brooke Brody's like 2017. That there's a lot out. of stuff that just gets lost, and then you know developers release something quietly and then start working on something else. Maybe later they become famous for it. It's kind of interesting. I've also noticed. When an indie developer usually gets mainstream coverage, it doesn't necessarily carry over into their earlier library getting any exposure at all. Right, because it's uh, games doesn't have that kind of games being bad at preservation is a whole yeah. nother issue, and that they are bad at preservation. Hopefully, I like to I like to imagine that company that I forget the name of that did like those. Like Mega Man, like big, like those nice yeah. fancy Mega Man collections, and they may have that was all SNK one uh, Frank Safaldi, In my right? heart, yeah, yes, in my heart of hearts, I believe that that is their like Seven Samurai of the Criterion Collection equivalent, and they will eventually do like their. Oh, here is our here we ported mm -hmm. all of the Catamites games. Here's our here's our fancy version. I mean, of Space I Hero would fucking shell out a hundred dollars for the catamites collection with like a digital book or something i, I would i would buy that I, honestly like my next ideal project if i like indie apocalypse is sustainable i it's like it makes money back every time it's good it keeps coasting i don't need to do, put any more like emotional investment into it my next project was i want to do very christ like criterion style curation like interviews booklets you know, porting to like modernizing and porting things so they can. I be know a lot of everywhere. those indie developers are just... hoarders of everything they make while they're developing something too. So it will probably be way easier to get development materials than I assume they had time dealing with companies like Capcom and Konami who just seemingly throw everything away. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's on purpose or just haphazard. Do you at all like... see Indie Apocalypse? maybe one day serving as kind of a physical record of where indie games were at a certain moment in time. I don't, 
I don't know if it will just because of like the kind of like slapdash way I like I collected together. It's kind of like whatever games people got the gift to me. I like to think it'll be a, I guess I won't know until like five years down the road and I can look back and go, Oh, there are clear yeah. trends. I mean, re- I would revisit this thought in five years. I've got all the time in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but also I'm, I realized in my last interview that I'm like, when I'm getting more comfortable, part of my parts of my like curmudgeon are showing. I was like, I don't, if people submit things that feel too trendy, I will just not care because I'm just like, oh, oh, nice hidden identity <laughs> game, dude. Don't has, care. Has there been any, have you ever had any of those moments where someone submitted something to Indiepocalypse that you didn't want to represent or you had to cut for space? Um, I cut a lot of stuff for space because like well there's ebbs and flows if i get featured on the front page of itch i get way too many submissions then i then i'll fit in an issue otherwise last month i wasn't i had to track down like five of the issues myself or entries myself this month i've already got like like less than a week in i already have i think more submissions than i had at all the entire of last month so yeah it's like you were saying it definitely comes in ebbs and flows then that's interesting i can it's really that front. It's that front page. I can feature. assume you've probably built up a decent catalog of stuff you've got on the back burner. Then, yes, I do have a waiting yeah, list. That's just in case. I burned through a lot of it yeah. <laughs> two issues ago. Do you plan on doing like any huge? I don't want to use the term archival, but any like larger. We were talking about the Criterion Collection and kind of Frank Cifaldi and those Mega Man releases. Do you plan on doing like an extra large version of Indie Apocalypse at some point? maybe the B-roll or whatever you've got laying on the back burner? I don't know. I could think, I think if it like takes off and I start having like two, mm-hmm. two, way too many entries, I will find a way to like do special issues that like I can theme them somehow or find some way to like to tie them all together so they don't just like sit Obscure. in yeah. obscurity forever. Find some way to help them out because it feels bad if the same people get yeah. rejected. Well, is there anything <laughs> like that that you've found that what does it feel like when you stumble on something that just grabs you and you know you have to put it in an indie apocalypse? That was actually in the very second issue. Like the first one I did entirely by hand. That was nobody knew what indie apocalypse was. I and it launched at PAX East as like loosely adjacent to like the Boston local indie booth there. So I got all Massachusetts area developers. And this was me like scouring global game jam in the Massachusetts area, just cold emailing a lot of people. No, but issue two, am I, let me just make sure I'm right. Cause they all kind of. Once you've been working on something for a long time, I, somebody, some occasionally I will get asked a question about an older article I've written. And it's like, I was like three years ago. I don't know. Okay, it might have been issue three. I think it was, let's see. Yes, issue three. So issue three had a game called Conurbanation. Conurbanation. It is like this intense, like audio-visual game about like, let's see, it gives the exact definition. The extensive urban area resulting from the expansion of several cities or towns is, that's what they put on their zine page as like the definition of Conurbanation. 
and it's just like this visually intense like audio audio that audio what's um, the word for that <laughs> you could use the orally orally you there could use is. the term orally intense. Uh, like sonically intense game. too sonic there it is yes sonically intense game and it's just like this is exactly what i want this is the shit that i like i like harsh unpleasantness and surreality i, I definitely and, can see that reflected in some of the games that have been featured in these older issues i've looked through yeah i that is like a personal soft spot if you can like i was just listening to what was i listening to i was also listening to like a lot of music constantly i was listening to something that was like some like experimental guitar thing and it's like man this is 100 it was tashi something okay. i forget his last but 100 percent of the way it just it hooks you like, and you're like this is what i like yeah but like i recognize that it is yeah. it's noise it's disjointed noise that i'm like hey listen to this and i put headphones on someone they're like what is this disjointed <laughs> noise i'm like no there's like a there's a through line there's to it a, you just yeah. gotta find it I, I have friends i have several friends who are noise artists that make me listen to their stuff so i understand that very well um when when you now that you have this kind of platform for Indiepocalypse continuing on this thought line, do you feel a responsibility ever to go out of your way to feature certain things? Or is it still very much the things you like and the things you think will be interesting to show? Yeah, I always think my curation process is I was I, trying to nail it down. It's very I don't want to call it haphazard, but it's very like by feel. It's like 80% by feel, 20% what else is in the issue right now. So I don't want to have like three PS1 hard there games. There are a whatever. lot of those right now too. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Like um, the more games you get, what I was interested at first, I will become fatigued by it. Even if it's just as good as the first one, if better, not better than the first entries. It's like my yeah. seventh one that I've seen. And that's got to be sort of, I can only imagine that's sort of frustrating with the way a lot of indie development definitely pursues trends in a way not unlike AAA video yeah. games, you know? Talking about PS1 horror games, right, yeah, they knew... sorry, they're just popular right now. Yeah. And they're cool. <laughs> I love, like, I could pick, okay, so there's a, there's a difference than putting a pixelated folder over, or pix, like a pixelated filter over your 3D models and making like really good looking low poly models. And yeah, as someone who like enjoys the PS1 aesthetic, like the actual like limitations of that aesthetic in general, and in general, like lo fi aesthetics, period. I'm a big fan of any of the PS1 horror games I've seen where the developers have committed to like texture warping. I think that's incredible. Yes, yes. Yeah, or like, even if it's like not, like you just got to like make, like even if you use a stack, you have to like do something to it that makes you go, yeah. Like um, Budget Rate yeah, budget rate Stigmata, that's the name of it. That is a, that is in that milieu, but that just like, it got me good. Just like visually the way, it's got like uh -huh. that swimminess to it. It has this good narration, and this was like 10 issues in, and I've seen my fair share of PlayStation 1 inspired horror. Oh, I can only imagine games. going through curating and spending. What do you. So I just thought of this question. What do you usually use? What platform do you usually curate out of? Is it all out of itch.io? Do you look for stuff on Steam a little? Yes. 
Um, I, so I have pretty much whenever I see an indie game mentioned online somewhere, if it's on itch, I will save it to a giant itch playlist that is called to play. I think it's about 3000 games long now. And I, anything it's not on itch, I save to a folder, which is about like 1200 games. And then what I do is I just click on my mouse wheel, let it go all the way to the bottom. Then I just kind of scroll through and look at cover and go, oh, I'll try that game. I'll try that game. Is there, have you ever found any games where you can tell the developers trying, but it just wasn't up to snuff, but you want to like keep your eye on the developer themselves as they make things? Yes. And that is like the trickiest thing. Cause like, I don't have time, nor the energy, nor really the desire to be people's mentors. So, so I don't want to say, Hey, this is great. It just needs this and that and that, but I'm like, it's good, but it's also not technically waiting list good because I wouldn't include, I probably like would not include it necessarily, yeah. but it's like interesting. I see something here. Interesting. What does it feel like when you have to tell somebody you can't include it in a version of Indie Apocalypse? Do you give them like a straight out, I can't do this ever or wait for a future issue? Or what is your kind of tactic or response to that sort of thing? So it depends. There are three tiers of um, emails you get from Indiepocalypse. The, the first tier, the good one you want is, hey, congratulations, you got in. The second tier is, hey, you didn't get in because there's not enough space. You're on the waiting list, basically. Submit your games in the future, so, or at the very least, don't delete your games so I can get your email later if I need to. And the third is the one I send just through itch. This is, if you did not get an acceptance thing, you're not yeah. in the apocalypse. That's it. I don't like, I don't like, I, as, a, as a receiver of many yeah. rejection letters in the past, I like people to be straightforward. So I'm not, I'm not saying they're bad, but I don't say, hey, I, I make it I want to make it very clear to people, you did not get in yeah. because there was not space. When, and when that is the case, and when that is not the case, I do not say that. Well, thanks, say, for you me, didn't get in. thanks for letting me pick your brain about that whole process. I'm always interested in how curators decide what makes the cut yeah no i've also lost my patience on the receiving end so somebody like i recently got a rejection from something um for you know, for wordplay because i submitted a talk and i'm like hey is this for space or is this for like why, why is this guy rejected because it's not good and like oh no we think it's better shooting for but the they other didn't thing. give you for comic no. for comic sex games and i'm like oh, okay. you know it actually is so oh. you're right because I, I mean, I've been to comics, com, um, comics X Games. It's up in Toronto. They run it alongside TCAF, has, hence the Comics X Games. So I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But and also, but since then, I haven't yeah. really submitted. I mean, to anything it's kind of hard in the world right now to submit to anything. Right, and also, how do I submit Indie Apocalypse to anything? How do I submit yeah. to like Indiecade? It doesn't. Suppose until you got to like a physical edition, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, but like, how do I submit that? Like, do I submit it as a collective mm -hmm. work? Like, what is the, like, I just don't know how to submit it. Yeah, it, it, that's kind of got to be hard. It seems like it would have to be something that very much stands on its own in the like same form you already have it as online. Yeah. So it's like a weird thing. I don't know how, like, to submit it to like festivals.
because it's not really te- it's technically mm-hmm. 10 different games and yeah do you I yeah know. i try I, I try not to like i i'm very trying to be very conscious of not letting the identity of indie apocalypse override the identity mm-hmm. of the artist within it because i think i that's was gonna more say important. too that it'd be very hard to like go and then be like i'm not the face of these games i just want people to play these games it would be difficult yeah. right i'm just an editor yeah. basically where oh sorry there are, there are... Uh, i was just gonna go okay. and kind of yeah start wrapping it up with my closure questions and kind of say where did you get the i was the idea for of the name for indie apocalypse i'm sure you get asked this all the time was it just a joke about how often that phrase gets used yeah so basically i need i'm like oh i need a name for this thing yeah and i hate naming things whenever i have to name like characters i just like what music am i listening to does it have names in the titles of the album i Yes. Uh, you there are a person go. after my own heart. I do that very often. <laughs> so, um, that's I, I I just when I saw the name yeah. Indie Apocalypse, I the very first time yeah. I thought it was gonna be something very different. I was very surprised when I opened it up and it was just like this very loving collection of these different games and comics and things. Yeah. Yeah, that is like so I named him like uh Indie Apocalypse. I hate that term. I hate that title. What if I make it that for now? And then it just stuck. And like, it went from like, ah, whatever. It's a placeholder because I hate the title and it has the word indie in it. So you're like, you know what? That's a fucking stupid title. I hate it. I hate yeah. the sentiment behind it. So I'm just going to keep it because I'm an asshole. And I don't like the idea of... The idea of the apocalypse is, it, is ridiculous. It very much it is. And I was going to say, like, as you've started to get a little more popular here, do you hope that the zine will become more popular than the term and kind of just like, if you can just erase that term from the collective consciousness. Yeah. I, I hope the, like, I hope the term in the apocalypse will refer to like, it will be like 90, 90% tongue in cheek that people will use it. Like, yeah, the indie apocalypse sure thing, buddy. As if to say like, Oh, well, congratulate people whining. Oh, I'm not as popular as super meat boy because I didn't have Microsoft for me on the front page of their, <laughs> major yeah. summer games promotion yeah of course you're not gonna be as popular as those games they got huge yeah, corporate they, support they're like critical they're all the always like critical dar- darlings and being featured everywhere and it's just it's very interesting how right. the media platform for video games is either all of the exposure or just basically literally none of it yeah there's no it's it's what i keep telling people there's got to be a break between like subculture I remember um, whenever I think about this stuff, I think about who knows, like five or who knows how long ago this was at this point in this world. But when um, Courtney Barnett put out her album and they were asking her about like, because she got nominated for like Best New Artist. They're like, oh, you're nominated against these people. Like, um, what do you think of them? She's like, oh, I don't listen to any of them. So I couldn't tell you. Like, there's like this complete disconnect between like, 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 Oh, Andrew, what did you think about, um, you know, Assassin's Creed this year? I'm like, what's Assassin's I, yeah, Creed? I'm not sure it, what that I, is. I don't know how closely you follow anime, but there's yeah. a very humorous interview with Hayao Miyazaki lately asking him about like a top yeah. blockbuster anime film in Japan. He's just like, I don't care. I'm not even going to watch it. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> Miyazaki is the other good quote where it's like, the other thing I think translates or. I can't remember the exact line, but he said the problem with anime is people who make anime only watch anime. 
I think is the paraphrase. And that's also a problem with video that games. That is a huge problem with video games. It's kind of a problem I've noticed writing about things that is plaguing almost every creative, creatively led industry right now. Yeah. It's like they're so insular. It's like, hey, go, go, just yeah, go read, read a book. Go, go read, read a, a book. Comic book or something. Like, yeah. Go watch a yeah. movie. Well, I really appreciate you doing this podcast with me, Andrew. I'm going to probably wrap it up right here. Yeah, no problem. Uh, is there anything you would like yes. to add as we close out this episode? Uh, like I said, I'll do a where they can find an indie apocalypse at the front, but is there anything else you'd like to let people know you're working on or involved in? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'm starting a radio show on Saturday night. Uh, where will that Unarchived. Be there. Yeah, it's gone. Or where it's will gone. that be featured at? Just on indiepocalypse.com slash radio which will probably cool. go to my twitch page uh, but it's also gonna be like a pirate radio where i play cool. music that i like so if i get shut down i, I mean go i've got else. i've got lots of server space i can always host it on the deepl.com yeah but i but i doubt i doubt like they're gonna really bust down my live music of like unless i'm playing major hits which i'm not i've set my own rules that i have cool. i can't play major hits if it has more than a hundred thousand monthly like just using Spotify as a metric, over a hundred thousand monthly listens. That's cool. Not allowed. What kind of thing else? Other things can people expect from that kind of guests you might have on? Or yes, I um, I have I've just emailed them today, so I don't I can't confirm any of the guests necessarily because two of them haven't answered me back yet. But the idea is to have people who have been involved mm-hmm. in the apocalypse, ideally one from like the most one of the most recent issues, that kind of thing. Or just like people around. And it's going to be like a talk about stuff and art and cool. kind of like a talk show and not like an indie yeah, apocalypse. It won't necessarily direct. feature some of the same content you do in indie apocalypse, but. No, it might not even have video games. That sounds. People might be like, here's this video I really like. You want to talk cool about it? Well, again, thank you for coming on the show, Andrew. I should probably. I should probably have thank you for having me. Yeah.